Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us pray. We thank you, Almighty God, for the ability to pray to you, the ability to come before you and know that we are heard. We ask now that you help us to pray. Amen. About four years ago, this very week, uh, my family and I were moving into the home that we built. And it was quite a lengthy process if you've ever done it. You know, you got to pick the place and then pick all the stuff that goes in it. And we were using a builder, so thankfully we weren't allowed to pick everything under the sun because if that was the case, we would still be choosing things to go in that house, I can assure you. But one of the things that we weren't able to choose were the light fixtures and, and, and the lighting that went up. I know, it's crazy, okay? Um, <laughs> but, and, and so the thing is, my wife loves ceiling fans. Everywhere. I mean, she just likes the way it feels. I guess she likes the way it looks. I mean, and, and so we had the choice as to whether or not we could, they could just wire up for a ceiling fan. They could put them in or we could put them in. If they put them in, they got to choose whatever it was. If we put them in, we would be able to save some money and, you know, then we would be able, or rather, my wife would be able to choose which one we're going. And so, needless to say... Uh, we decided to put that, that we would put them in. In other words, we decided that I would put them in. And so there were eight, eight ceiling fans that I had to put up. There was one in every bedroom. There was one in the exercise room, the bonus room, um, the, the living room, and, of course, the master bathroom. Now, some of you are like, a ceiling fan in a master bathroom? Look, if you've had a, a ceiling fan in your bathroom, you will always have a ceiling fan in your bathroom. It's amazing. So anyway, after everything had gotten put where it goes, then it was my job to get out the ladder and climb up there and, and put up the ceiling fans. But before you do that, you have to put the fan together. Now, I don't know about you, but I am quite certain, based on my theological knowledge and education, that there's a special place in hell for people who, who write directions. Um, because I don't know who they think they're talking to or what, but if you draw a picture of a screw and call it E6, it looks no different than an F11. They're the same thing. They're just a screw. And you don't know which one you're supposed to use. You don't know which goes where. You don't know what the top or the bottom is. All, basically, you're following the picture on the front of the box. And, and so I'm putting it all together, and I hope I got it right. And I bring it up the ladder very carefully. And then, you know, the wires that are there, I'm hoping that they're the right length. Because if they're too short, well, then I'm digging my hand all up in there. And then if they're too long, well, then i got to cram it all back up in there. And, and then it won't sit flush against the ceiling. And that's a whole other world of problems right there. So, holding it up. My arms are killing me. Getting everything right. Hoping to get the, all wired together. And you put it up there. And then come down the ladder. And I go to, well, first I turn on the breaker because, you know, safety first. And, and then I go to the light switch and I hope. I hope that when I flip that switch, something is going to happen. And I'll be honest with you, half the time something happened, half the time it didn't. But, you know, 50% it's not bad. But as I was reading the gospel lesson for this week, I realized that 
prayer is sort of like the ceiling fan of our faith. Because when you have a ceiling fan, you don't always even notice it's there. But it's moving the air around. And it just makes everything right. And the temp- it, it makes the temperature better. But when it's not there, at first it's fine. But eventually you realize that it's not there. Things aren't moving around the way they're supposed to. Prayer is the same way. Now, if you're like a prayer warrior, you know, and, and you pray without ceasing and, and you, you don't just pray at mealtime and at bedtime until you fall asleep, um, if you're one of those prayer people that are just great at it, your air's moving, you know. But if you're like the rest of us, sometimes your prayer life might be pretty strong, sometimes not so much. And, you, and after a while, when it's not going all that great, you start to notice something isn't moving around the way it's supposed to move. And so we pray. But that presents a whole other world of problems, doesn't it? Because the first problem that we run into is, how do we pray? You know, most of the examples of prayers that we have are are ones that we learn when we're little. You know, now I lay me down to sleep, or God is great, God is good. Or you hear the fancy prayers in church uh, of, you know, that, that have all the big words and sound all completely ordered out and, you know, you don't ever stumble or anything like that. And, and then, you know, you, you don't talk like that, so am I doing it right? But then also, um, you know, am, am I saying the right things? Uh, am I doing it at the right time? Is it the right length? Um, do I have my hands folded or up or down or, or wherever? Do my eyes have to be closed? Should I stand? Should I sit? Should I kneel? Should I lay down? All these things will get into our head, and so we're not sure that we know how to pray right. But that's really just part of it, right? What we're really worried about is not whether or not we've put the prayer together correctly. We're really worried about what happens when we go to the switch, We're worried about what happens when the prayer is over and whether or not when we flip that switch, something happens. We wonder whether or not our prayer is effective. And when we don't, when it's not effective, we think, well, maybe we're not doing it right. You know? Because what we want is when we pray for God to give us what we asked for just like we asked for it. Or is that just me? And so, obviously, this is not a new problem among, among Christians or among believers because the disciples were struggling with this too. They weren't sure they knew how to pray. And so they saw Jesus pray and they said, Hey, will you teach us to pray just like John taught his disciples to pray? And so what Jesus does is he kicks into what? The Lord's Prayer. I'm glad you were listening. He kicks into the Lord's Prayer. Now, it's not exactly as we know it. This is not the King James Bible. And so, um, and there are parts left out because in the the biblical version, there are things that we have added in along the way. But basically, he says, well, you pray like this. Now, Christians being Christians, a lot of times we take things very literally. I don't think that what Jesus was saying there was, you pray exactly these words. I think this was an outline. You say, God, your name is holy. You give God praise and adoration. You ask God to to fulfill your daily bread, the things that you need, all the things that you need. You know, you ask God to, to help keep you out of trouble and to save you from the time of trial. It's an outline of the things that we can pray for. 
But realize this. Nothing is off limits. When you're talking to God, you can say anything to God. Even if you slip in a bad word here or there because it pops into your head by accident. Or is that just me? Um, you know, and you're like, oh, sorry. Look, God knows what's in your head already. You know, God already knows what's there. Nothing is off limits because God already knows. You pray to God like you talk to a friend because that's what God is. It's a conversation between you and the Almighty. And it's important to have those conversations. But then Jesus goes on from teaching them how to pray to really what was at the heart of the matter. Because even though he was asking how to pray, what that disciple really wanted to know is, how do I pray an effective prayer? One that will work. One that God will answer what I ask for. So Jesus goes into some parables. And he says, you know, it's like this. A friend of yours shows up in the middle of the night, so you don't have anything to give him. And so you go next door, to your next door neighbor, knocking on his door, and he's like, what do you want? I'm in bed. My kids are in bed. We're all in bed. What do you want? Hey, man, can, can, can you spare a few loaves of bread alone to me? You know, I'll hook you back up. He's like, no, I'm in bed. My wife's in bed. My kids are in bed. So Jesus says, but he'll give them bread, not because he's a friend, but because he keeps on knocking. So that's the first lesson. Persistence. We keep on praying. We keep on having this conversation with God. Sometimes over and over and over and over again. And I think that's not saying that, hey, if you yell at God about it enough times, eventually God will listen. I think that's saying that God wants to keep those lines of communication open. He wants you to keep talking. But then he says, Jesus says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Then he says some, some things that really kind of make sense. Which one of you, if your kid asks for a fish, is going to give him a snake? Anyone? Good. Good parenting skills. And then, or if your kid asks for an egg, give him a scorpion. Anyone? Again, good parenting skills. Proud of you. Okay. And if we love our kids like that, or if our parents love us like that, how much more does God love us? If we who are sinful humans wouldn't do that to our kids, why do we think that God would do that to us? And so the reality is, it's not that our prayers are ineffective or that God's not listening. It's that God gives us answers and sometimes they're not exactly the ones we're looking for. Because here's the reality. God answers just like I told the kids. Sometimes the answer is yes. We love that one, don't we? You know, so we love it when the answer is yes. The other day, um, when, you know, I, I just got back from vacation, we were on a cruise, and um, I pulled out my wallet and realized my credit card was not there, and we were leasing, leaving Mexico on a boat at that time. This was not good. But I said, it's in my pants pocket in the room. And so do not think for a second, I was not praying the entire way to the room. Please, God, don't let me be wrong. This is going to ruin the this is not going to be a fun boat ride home with that woman if my credit card is gone. Sure enough, it was there. The answer was yes. Wonderful. Sometimes the answer is no. We don't like that one very much. Or even when it's not now. 
Years ago, when I was a pastor in Newberry, we were still living in Lexington because the housing market had crashed. But we decided that, you know what, it's time we got to at least try to move. And so we put our house on the market, and I prayed, please, God, let our house sell. It didn't. Didn't sell at all. We barely even had anybody come look at it. I mean, it just, the houses weren't moving. But the reality is, if it had sold, we would have lost so much money on the house, we would not have been able to afford to buy a new one, which sort of defeated the purpose of that anyway. And then, if a couple years down the road, I went to the Senate office and I said to the bishop, I've got to find out why God has left us in Lexington. And that's when I interviewed at Pisgah. God answered, no, God answered, not now. When I prayed that my house wasn't to, for my, my house to sell. Did God answer my prayer? But there is another answer that God sometimes give us, gives us. And that answer is you. See, we think of prayer a lot of times in the passive way. It's that we pray and then we wait for something to happen. But sometimes what God is saying is, hey, if you want change, be the change. God's response to our prayer is for us to respond. And so when, when we pray, God says, yes, you. You're praying for, for your money problems? Maybe you ought to make a budget. Maybe you ought to watch how you're spending your money. Maybe it's time to, to go and get another job. You're praying for your relationship. Maybe you go to counseling together. Maybe you work on communication. Maybe you just become a nicer person. You know? You, you pray for, for world peace. What are you doing to, to achieve world peace? How, how peaceful are you being in your community? You pray for the homeless. What are you doing to help them? You see, God answers prayers in many different ways. But sometimes the answer is you. God's response is for you to respond. So what's your prayer today? What's on your heart? What's on your mind? What, what are you praying about? And what do you think God's answer will be? And lastly, are you responding to God's response? Amen.